I'm a covenant man. I'm a covenant man. I'm a covenant man. Committed to him in everything I do believe Hello everybody. My name's David Weeder and welcome to the broadcast today. I'm so glad you're here. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you and I thank you for the honor and the privilege of teaching your word, sir. The revelation of it is so rich and so endless. It is as big as you and it goes on throughout eternity. I'm thankful. I'm, I'm, I'm just awed at what you do. I'm asking you, sir, that the people hear the teaching of the Word accurately as you have given it to me and I was able to deliver it in this message. Thank you, sir. I give you all the honor and all the praise. And I'm asking you that not one person watching or listening to this message leaves unchanged by the power of your word, sir. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, glory to God. This is the third message in a series that was taken from a church that I ministered at in South Carolina. Living Word, I mean, excuse me, Living Faith Ministries. Glory to God. Pastor A.L. and Enza Downing, powerful, powerful body of believers out there. And it was my honor and privilege to come break the bread of life with them. And we just had an amazingly good time. There's a couple things I want to tell you about this video. One's a technical issue. Uh, There was a technical problem with the video capture. And so uh, partway through this video, the the video portion goes away. And you'll see, and and I put up a notice and and everything. But the audio continues. So go ahead and, and, and let it play and you can finish listening to the rest of the message. But the other thing is far more important than that. I want to go back to the foundation scripture for the series, these series of messages, these series of broadcasts, the last two and then this one. That's, and that's another point. Now, if you're just coming into this broadcast, go ahead and stop. Go back and listen to the previous two because you have to remember, this was taken from one message. So one builds upon another, which builds up to this point, and then we go forward. So it's very, very important that you get the foundation in the first two messages before you listen to this one. So go ahead and stop, go back and listen to those messages. But right now I want to reemphasize because as, as I've said, I think, I think in both the previous broadcasts, it cannot possibly be emphasized too much that this scripture is the foundation for these messages. And I'm talking about John chapter 15, verse 4. So turn with me over there. I want you to put your eyes on it. John chapter, chapter 15, and starting in verse 4. Abide in me, Jesus says, and I in you. As the branch cannot, cannot bear fruit of itself except it abides in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine. 
You are the branches. That's clear enough. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Now, he wants you. It, a couple verses down, it tells you the Father is glorified when you bring much fruit. This is his desire for you. Bring forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. You must understand. Everything I have said in these three messages is contingent upon that scripture. It's all because of Jesus and what he's done in and for us. But you have to live in him. The Apostle Paul says in Acts 17 to live and move and, and, and have our very being, our very existence in Jesus. Let's get into the word and finish up these sessions. Jesus is our example. So did Jesus go around telling people he was a God? No. And along about here is a good time to address the fact. Uh, well, you know, the Bible says that you should not think more highly of yourself than you ought. And that is absolutely the truth. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Go back to Romans 12. Because it's in that same verse, our, 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 our golden scripture here for this message. It's in Romans 12. As a matter of fact, it's the next verse. Romans 12, 2, and we just read it. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according to uh, as God has dealt every man uh, the measure of faith. See there? You're not supposed to think more highly than you ought to. That's exactly right. Look what he's talking about. Look what he's talking about. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ. You have no place nor right nor authority to think yourself higher than any other God that's sitting here next to you or roaming around on the street. We're all members of the body. You're not, you, you, that's, that's where you mess up. You can't think of yourself more highly than another God. He's a branch. I'm a branch. You're a branch. She's a branch. They're branches. We're branches. That's right. There's only one vine. Okay? That's where you get into not thinking of yourself more highly than you ought. But bless God, when it comes to the things of this earth, and when it comes to Satan, let me show you something. We alluded to it earlier, but I want to go ahead and look at it. Philippians chapter 2. I'm going as quickly as I can. That's really been... Was that time or right, really? 45 minutes? Oh. All right. 
All right, Philippians chapter 2. And um, look at the next verse. We stopped at verse 6. Look at verse 7. But made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. If you look up other translations and things and go back and, and, and study it out, what that is saying, and you can see it in the King James, you just have to know what you're looking for. What that's saying is he divested himself of all of his divine privileges and rights and became in the likeness of men. Okay, so we're agreed to that. He operated in this earth as a man baptized in the Holy Ghost. All right, go with me to, to Matthew chapter 4. And we won't read all the way down this for the sake of time. <clears throat> um, Verse 7, Jesus said unto Satan, he's, Satan's tempting him and, and you know, coming against him with all these things. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Okay, now wait a minute. Didn't we just read where he divested himself of all of his divine rights and privileges? Well, what's he talking about here? Well, I'm glad you asked. We just got done reading. I won't turn back over there and read it again. We just got done reading in John 10, 34. I have said, ye are gods. If you look that word up in Matthew 4, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God, it is the same word that Jesus used when he said, I have said, it is written in your law, ye are gods. Same word. Same word. I'm telling you, bless God. And you already know that, we're, that he's Lord of lords. You shall not tempt. I'm telling you, by God. Satan comes to you and tries to tell you you're not going to make it. Tries to tell you you're going to die of this thing. Tries to tell you that, you know, you were always poor. You're always going to be poor. You ain't never going to have nothing. You can stand up to him and with all rights and privileges and stand in your DNA divine nature and say, Satan, you will not tempt the Lord thy God. Get! This is what we have to renew our minds to. And it's a renewing. You've got to think this way. All right. So he didn't have any problem reminding Satan of that. That's right. He didn't go around telling other people, yeah, I'm a God. I'm a God. Yeah, I'm a God. Yep, I'm a God. But bless God, Satan come in his face. He had no problem reminding him of who he was. Seems to me that fig tree probably had a pretty good idea. Sickness and disease. Yeah. Yeah, it understands. That's how this whole... I ain't got time to tell that story. Never mind. 
Yeah, I do. I'm supposed to. I apologize. <laughs> Almost messed up there. That's the way that the Lord started dealing with me about four, four years ago at a Word Explosion meeting. That particular meeting, a lot of the, a lot of the people around me at the time, I don't get sick. It's just, it's not my nature. And, uh, but a lot of the people around me were, they had the, the, the flu, cold, upper respiratory, that kind of stuff. And the thought passed through. You know, the fig tree spoke to Jesus. The thought passed through, you know, you better, uh, you better keep a little distance here. You don't want to catch this stuff. Now, it said Jesus answered the fig tree. Okay, now I'm going to confess I missed it. Because I heard the answer. And the answer was, no, it's impossible for me to get sick. And I should have decided to speak, like we talked about earlier. Because words is where the power, faith-filled words, dominate the law of sin and death. But that rose up inside of me, and I started to speak it, and I'm so embarrassed. Okay, he, he done told you. He done let the cat out of the bag. I've been around Brother Colvin since I was five. Forty-two years I have heard about the authority of the believer. Okay? And I started to say it's impossible for me to get sick. And I thought, well, that's pretty arrogant. And I didn't say it. And within a couple hours, oh, I was sicker than a dog. Oh, my goodness. It didn't take my lightning quick mind to, very long to figure out that, uh, and I said it, and I said it, and I said it, and I said it, and uh, it got, it, it, it did what it was supposed to, and God did, and I was healed, and it was fine. But I had no, no problem since then saying it's impossible for me to be sick. And that was the last time that I was, I was sick. That was the last time. Glory to, all the glory to God. All the glory to God. Okay. So, the transformation takes place. By the renewing of the mind. Assuming that the basic principles in Hebrews 6 are in place. Okay, you got to know this is, this is, you know, you got to know the baby. You got to know faith. You got to know laying on of hands. You got to know this is how God's function. Basically what this is, is God teaching his gods how to be gods. <laughs> All right? All right. So, How? How we, we know we've got to renew our mind to this. That's right. How are we going to do it? Joshua 1 8. Yes, sir. I'm trying to wrap this up. Oh, you're speedy, man. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Now, that word meditate means to mutter. It means to imagine. It means to talk, think about. Brother Copeland tells a story years and years ago when he was first getting into the ministry where he saw in John 17 <laughs> that God loved us as much as he loved Jesus. And he couldn't just, I, I mean, just, he can't love me. As much as he loved Jesus, like I said earlier, I know what I did, but that's what the Bible said. So what did he do? Oh, man, he walked his floor. I think his bedroom 
was about half the size of this right here. So he just kind of, about four steps and then back and four steps and back. But anyway, he said, Jesus, God loves me. God loves Kenneth. God loves Kenneth as much as he loves Jesus. God loves Kenneth. Kenneth is loved by God. God loves Kenneth as much as he loves Jesus. That's meditating the word day and night. That's what you have to do with this. I am a God because I'm abiding in Jesus. He made me a God so that I can function as a God, which means I am love, which means I'm love going somewhere to happen. Love eradicates sickness and disease. I mean, that's what you got to do. And you got to walk the floor. And you got to talk it. And you got to think it. And you got to mutter it. And you got to imagine it. You got to imagine what you would do since you're a God. You could get up in the morning and say, God, what are we going to do today to just irritate the devil and just absolutely wipe out his plans? Because that's what you designed to do. Work with God as a God. Okay, so meditate then. Man, we could go so long on this. Okay, here we go. I'm working. I'm trying. All right, 2 Corinthians 10. This is the next step. First, you've got to meditate it. But Satan likes to try to mess around. So here's the next step. 2 Corinthians 10. And verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare. If you look up that word weapons, it means armament, but it, mean, it actually says specifically offensive weapons. Okay? So you go over to Ephesians 6 and read about our armor. Okay? There's an offensive weapon listed. What is it? The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. If you look up that word, word, it's not logos. It's rhema. It's the spoken Word of God. So you've got to, going back to that illustration, you said your name out loud, it overwrote the thought process if you decided to speak it. Okay? The Word of God. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience. All disobedience of what? All disobedience of thought. That's what he's talking about. All disobedience of thought. Okay, so you're meditating you're building your thought. You're getting your, you're getting your mind renewed. You're renewing your mind. And Satan comes with something. This is what you do. You cast down that imagination because it exalts your, itself against your knowledge of God. Okay. And then... Well, we already went through... Um, back to John 15. And we'll wind this up. I hope. I want you to notice something specific about John 15 when we read it. Uh, go back to verse 4. Abide in me and I in you. Uh, verse 5. I am, the, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him. Okay, drop down to... Okay, verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. Okay, so drop down to... 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue 
in my love. Okay, so now we've got, he basically, I want you to notice, I never saw this until about a month or so ago. He, he basically, he just said the same thing three different ways. Because in the beginning was the Word. That's right. The Word was with God and the Word was God. And we just, we already know that God is love. So he just said, abide in me. My words abide in you. Abide in my love. So he just said the same, same, three, same thing. Three different ways. It might be important. Okay? All right. That's what we, we've got to get that in. We, we've got to live in the Word. You've got to live in the Word. You know? If the doors of the church ain't open, open them. You know? Go back home and get in the Word. Get up thinking about the Word. Like I said, get up thinking, all right, God, <laughs> what are we going to do to mess up the devil today? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How does this change things? Mark eleven twenty three. Have faith in God. Cross reference says have the faith of God. That's been a stumbling block for years. How can you have the faith of God? You're God. Of course you're going to have a faith of God. It's like a, you know when you, have, when, you, when you learn something and they teach you, you know, principle, 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 principle. And then after you learn how to do it, they say, okay, now, uh, what you got to remember is when that happens, just do that. Why didn't you tell me that to begin with? Because you had to understand the principles that it operated in. Well, we had to understand the principles. We still have to understand the principles. But it's easier when you think, of course I've got the faith of God. He made me a God. It just makes sense. In Philippians 2.5, where we started off, have the mind of Christ. Man, that's been, so, that's been hard for people to believe for years. I don't have the mind of Christ. How can I have the mind of Christ? Because you're a God. You were designed to have the mind of Christ. It fits. <laughs> That's where it's supposed to be. <laughs> Glory to God. When Jesus said, greater works than these will you do. Now, how many Christians do you know of that absolutely in the in the, in, in the yeah, okay, in church they're going to say, yeah, I believe that, okay? But as far as actually believing it and walking it out, how many of them do you know that are just fully aware, yeah? Well, why not? You're God. Why not? It's what you were designed for. It's what you were created for. Let me give you an example, and I'll close. If you are continually aware of the fact that you are a God because of? All right. Got to keep that straight now. You can't get off of that. It won't work. It gets you in a lot of trouble. Got to remember that. But if you walk in that knowledge and understanding that you're a God and you're renewing your mind, you're the words in you and you're in the word, so you know what the word says. Say you're getting ready to go into a restaurant or a mall or a hospital, whatever. Well, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit brings to your remembrance that John 20 and 1 John 5, and in everything that we've studied today goes along with that, you have the rights, the authority, and the power to forgive sin. 
so before you ever walk into that hospital, that restaurant, that mall, Father, I forgive everybody in that place. I wipe their sins out. They're remitted. John 20 actually says, whoever sins you remit, they're remitted. Whoever sins you retain, they're retained. I remit them. I wipe them out. They're clean. Then, you go ahead and let your mind grasp a hold of the fact that, you know, God's a fire from the loins up. And a fire from the loins down. And the Bible says that burning diseases flee before his feet. You suppose that's what happened with Peter when they brought people to be within shadows distance of him? He's a fire from the loins up. A fire from the loins down. Sickness and disease flee before his feet. And as he is, so are we in this world. You go into that place, and listen to me, I'm not just saying this. You go into that place and absolutely burn the hell out of it. You burn the sickness out of it. You burn the depression out of it. You burn the spirit of suicide out of it. And you absolutely walk in there and be the God that you're supposed to be. That's the effect that this has. Renewing your mind to it. Understanding it. Getting the knowledge of it. And I'll, last statement, closing statement. I was praying just last night about this. Uh, when I went back to the room and I asked the Lord, I said, so what? I mean, I know back with that four years ago when I messed up and I didn't say, I didn't answer the fig tree. What was the problem? What? Give me a give me a concise. I mean, I, I know I need to remind, renew my mind to this. And I heard this last night. It's the first time I ever heard this. God can say one word from God and just turn everything around. You know. He said, "Now I don't want to mess it up." He said, "You didn't take ownership of your identity." In your thought life. You didn't take ownership of your identity in your thought life. You studied it. You looked at it. Not from the standpoint of being a God. But you know through all these years. The authority of the believer. You know you've been made righteous. It's all true. But it's under this, it can be under this umbrella. You didn't take authority of, or ownership of your identity. In your thought life. And in your thought life. Is when the, the renewing comes. It's where the transforming of your life comes, is the renewing of your thought life. But there is no identity to have ownership of if you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Savior. If there's anybody in here that you don't know without a shadow of a doubt, then you've been born again. That you've made Jesus the Lord of your life. Anybody or anybody out there, none of what I talked about today applies to you. You don't have that DNA yet. But it doesn't take but just a moment. Just a moment. I'm pretty sure everybody in this church, because I know the pastors, and I'm seeing a lot of faces around here, I'm pretty sure there's anybody, everybody in this church does. But for the sake of those that may be watching and listening, and for anybody in here, just say, Lord Jesus. Oh, forgive me for all of my sins. Cleanse me. I renounce Satan and all that he stands for.
I receive you. Ask you to come into my heart. Make you Lord of my life. And ask you to help me renew my mind. To who I am in you. Thank you for being my Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. One last parting thought as I sit down. I'm over here. I'm, I'm, I'm headed this way. I'm headed this way. You know, this, this, is, this, this is one thing that absolutely Satan hates. It causes him fury because it's the one thing he wanted. Isaiah 14 says, I will exalt myself and I will be like the most high God. And Jesus said, and I saw him fall like lightning from heaven. And then God turned around and said, you are God's. And then he sits in heaven and laughs. And we've been seated with him. I laugh at the devil every day. Every day. She said, look at you, sucker. You'll not tempt the Lord thy God today, buddy. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. God bless you. Praise God. Come on. Thank God. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Praise God. Listen. Hallelujah. Understanding who you are and renewing your mind. Amen. Father, we thank you and praise you for what we have heard. We thank you for your message on today. We thank you for speaking to our hearts and minds. We thank you for your word going forth. And we thank you that our minds are renewed. That we see ourselves like you see us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. I tell you, what a word that we have heard on today. Amen. Praise God. We need to know, uh, especially where we're going, transitioning. Uh, sometimes we come from the, 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 the background of various denominational background, to traditional background. We have a certain people have a certain way of thinking. But it's time to renew your mind to what the word says about you. Amen. Uh, a lot of people might leave and say, well, did you hear what he said? He didn't say it. He showed you in the word. Amen. So it's up to you to believe the word or believe your tradition. That's been getting you nowhere all these years, but a good feeling. Nothing wrong with a good feeling, but yet feeling without the word ain't hitting on too much. You got to have the word of God. Thank you, Brother David, for sharing with us out of the depths of the word of God and what the Lord has placed in your heart and spirit. Uh, you heard me say before, you got to know your DNA. Trace it back to what you uh, who's in your line. And West Point, they call it the long gray line. Talk about their history. They say, while people study history, we make the history that we study about. Amen. You ought to look at what's inside of you. Uh, because, see, and, and he said, the word says, you are God. And we explain that away. Amen. And we said, well, it means something else. It means exactly what is there. When, when Moses went down to face Pharaoh, 
God made him like a girl because he couldn't stand the Pharaoh as a natural man because of the fact that Pharaoh themselves were viewed as a God. You can't stand before the devil in flesh and blood. You got to know who you are. And today he showed us in the word of God. Amen. And we'll go right back and say, man, I don't know. He told you it was strong meat from the stop here. <laughs> it is not. It, Jerry Butler said, I date myself now, boy. Good Lord. Y'all remember, remember Jerry Butler? Raise your hand. You know you remember. No. Jerry Butler said, only the strong. Oh, sucky, sucky. Somebody know what I'm talking about. Only the strong can survive. So you got to be strong. He said to take a man. It takes somebody to eat this steak that he put out today. Amen. Got one statement. Yeah. Y'all grab a hold of this. Man, y'all own Columbia. Yeah. Because why? Because the whole earth, uh, Romans 8, mm-hmm. all of creation is crying out. Not for the sons of God. We've been here a long time. For the manifestation of the sons of God. That's right. The creation is crying out for this transformation to take place. Mm-hmm. Now, it's about time that the church steps up and manifests as the sons of God. Well, glory to God. What an honor and a privilege it was to deliver this meat of the word to this precious, precious body of believers. And now to you all over the world, glory to God. I've got to to share with you though. as As I've been saying all through these messages, you have to live and abide in Jesus to experience and renew your mind to what I'm talking about. And that can't happen if He's not your Lord. You have to accept Jesus as the Lord of your life. None of this applies. If you're not born again, nothing that I have said for all these three broadcasts applies to you. It can't. Because you have to live and abide in Jesus. But you know what? That's the simplest thing you've ever done in your life. Pray this prayer with me today. Father God, I repent. Forgive me for all my past sins. Jesus, I'm asking you, come into my heart. Take my life and do something with it. I ask you to be my Lord, to be my Savior, to be my God. I receive you now as Lord of my life. I thank you and I praise you. I will live my life for you and I will live my life in you. And now I know you're living in me. Amen. Glory to God. If you did that for the first time today, let us know. Send us, a, send us an email. David at WeederMinistries.org. 
david at weederministries.org. And let us know. We'll help you out. We'll point you in the right direction on how you can learn how to live. This, the, the whole Scripture, the whole New Testament is teaching us how to live. We're, we're God's in training. And we're learning the principles and we're learning the foundations and we're learning the Holy Ghost is the teacher. And He teaches us and guides us into all the truth. How to function and live as we've been talking about in these broadcasts. Glory to God, we rejoice with you. If you've just made Jesus the Lord of your life, then according to 2 Corinthians 5.17, you have been recreated in Christ. The original language says you're a new species of being, a new creature. You've been made a God under the most high God. Praise God. We rejoice with you. I tell you, you're a thrill to our lives. Lynn and I love you. God loves you. He's for you and never against you. And Jesus is Lord.